Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode features the undisturbed home birth of Luca. After hearing Dr. Sarah Buckley's episode on Positive Birth Australia, Alex knew that she needed to work on the fears and limiting beliefs she had around birth. Diving deep into all she could obtain about physiological birth, she slowly entered the birth portal, feeling empowered by the knowledge she gained and primed for her journey to the stars to collect her baby. Alex details the work she put in and how, once in labor, she was able to go so deeply within that those present in her birth space hadn't noticed that she had effortlessly birthed her son. Enjoy this episode. Alex, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sky. Thanks for having me. Do you want to quickly just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, my name is Alex, obviously, and I live with my partner, Michael. We live in South Australia. Um, I've got my two fur babies, Dry and Hazel, and we just welcomed in our little man. His name's Luca, and he's 11 weeks old today. Oh, how beautiful. And was Luca a planned conception? Um, we were certainly open to... Um, inviting a little baby into our life like we'd we'd done all the things you know we'd traveled bought a home Mm -hmm. um canceled our wedding because of COVID and yeah we just were like well we know we're each other's forever person so we'll be open to it and see what happens um but yeah I was actually quite surprised at how fast we fell pregnant so um I when I was younger I was recommended to be on the pill by the doctor as as you know most of us were but um, it just never really sat well with me. And, um, yeah, I was just that I went through a quite a stressful time a few years ago and resulting from that, my hormones were all over the place. Like they were really unbalanced. So, you know, I went to the doctor and of course they were like, well, the pill will fix it. But I just, yeah, I didn't want to mask that. I wanted to balance, balance them out. So yeah, I spent a good two years sort of doing everything that I could to balance my cycle and then became really interested by the whole thing as well. And, um, yeah, so I think when we actually did try 
uh, to have a baby because I'd spent so much time balancing them that, yeah, we were really, really lucky and it happened quite quickly. So, um, can I just quickly ask what were some of the things that you did to get your hormones back in balance? Um, so I did a lot of research around firstly around the cycle and like, it is amazing. It's so cool how, you know, our cycle, the ebbs and flows of the month, like it's not just like you get your period and that's it. It's, um, so I learned a lot about, you know, the things that we put in our body and how that impacts your hormones. And unfortunately, it's all the good stuff like your caffeine and yeah. chocolate and rah <laughs> Um, But I did a lot of things like your yeah, acupuncture is amazing. Um, I got bloods done. I And just the basics that, you know, we all forget to do, like give ourselves that time out to take a breath and de-stress because that cortisol that pumps through our system throws out your estrogen, your progesterone, your, you know, and your cycle's a true reflection of um, of your health, I think, too. So when I went from that really, really unbalanced, like I couldn't even leave the house when it was that time of month to just this, like, lovely cycle that I could, yeah, manage life with beautifully. It was, yeah, it was an achievement in itself because it's, it's not that easy, but when, you, when you're all over it, it's great. Yeah, and isn't it wild <laughs> that we aren't taught this? I know, yeah, I know, and that's... You, yeah, you pop to the doctor and say, look, I, I'm having, a, you know, problems with my cycle and my periods and then straight away it's like, well, pop you on the pill. And that yeah. just, you know, that masks it really. So, yeah, um, and just as well, I think this is, this might sound a little bit woo-woo to some people, but to me it was a really special sort of part of um, my conception journey. But um, that week when Michael and I, or, you know, the weeks leading up and we started talking about it and we were like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to having a baby and, um, you know, let's welcome them in. I felt really, like I've done a lot of art in the past, but I never really find the time to do it. And I felt really drawn to to do some like sketching and art. And I sketched this um, like beautiful picture of a woman with a baby in her womb. And I wrote all of these affirmations around her, like I welcome in this baby. I'm, you know, I'm ready for motherhood. I'm, I'm allowing the daughter open and ra rah And then that night I... Um, I have this crystal that's really special to me. It was my partner's mum's and she had, she passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I felt really drawn to just get that crystal though. And that night I, like, meditated on, just, like, held it on my womb and fell asleep and sort of envisioned having a baby, which wasn't something that I'd really – I knew that I wanted kids, but I'd never really, um, you know, envisioned what that would be like and thought about it in detail and how our life would look with a little baby in it. And, um, yeah, so I did that and fell asleep. And then the next, like, within that month, we actually conceived. So I know that, you know, that's just one of those things that it may seem a coincidence or whatnot. But you definitely called your baby. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. And now I've cut that, like, that woman that I sketched, actually cut her out and used her in my birth altar for when I had home birth. So, yeah, super special. (laughs) How was your pregnancy with Luca? Um, so my pregnancy, to be honest, was a journey in itself. Mm-hmm. It was extremely challenging, yet really healing and beautiful, more towards the end, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah, so I guess what I envisioned pregnancy to be like, and this probably, uh, you know, due to the world that we live in with social media and we always see, you know, what you see and what things are like behind closed doors don't always match really, do they? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think I envision myself like, so, you know, I've got lots of girlfriends who surfed all the way through their pregnancy and I sort of envision myself surfing and doing yoga and, you know, glowing and happy and healthy. But 
um, yeah, for me it was the opposite really. Like I, yeah, I fell quite, I was one of those people who it just started, I was really, really nauseous and then I hit about seven weeks and then that nausea resulted in vomiting um, but to the point where it was like, you'd, you know, you'd sit down and eat a lovely meal and then just vomit your entire meal back mm. into your bowl. It's so debilitating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like it challenged me physically, obviously, because then you're so depleted. I'm vegetarian as well, so I was finding it a bit difficult to get all those nutrients in. But Mm -hmm. it was was also really, yeah, emotionally draining because I couldn't do all the things that filled my cup. And then, um, yeah, that sort of resulted in me like I ended up, you know, leaving uni. I withdrew from the topics in uni that I was in and, you know, I was feeling pretty flat. But um, the other thing I think that really came up for me, which might for other women too, we just don't really talk about it a lot, I think, but is that lots of like inner child stuff, like experiences from your your own things coming up when you're pregnant all of a sudden that you've buried away or not really dealt yes. with. Um, yeah, so it was sort of a mix of like that, you know, not physically being able to go out and do the things that were filling my cup. And I was absolutely loving my degree and had to cut back from that because I just couldn't comprehend like walking around the campus being so, so unwell. Um, and I did get put on some medication like your, um, on Janetsuchon and Maxilon, but in return that didn't really sit well with my body either. So yeah, it was tricky, but, um, on the flip side though, I'm so grateful because, that really gave me the opportunity to to like open it opened a can of worms because my life slowed down a lot and I had that time and energy to start to research birth and look into you know the our bodies and um the system and all of that so it yeah it really set me up for a beautiful a beautiful birth and yeah those last weeks were amazing though I hit like 10 10 weeks I think it was around 30 weeks and I wow you did that for 30 weeks well done I know just the end I was like oh thank you so much (laughs) I'm so I was so grateful um and yeah I was feeling like really good then and I was really connecting with Luca and just just absolutely embracing it because I hadn't been able to and um yeah going to my yoga and um nice beach walks and just that yeah, all of that sort of all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, it was yeah really challenging. But on the other hand, it was like I wouldn't have had it any other way because it's actually forced me to do a lot of like inner work and um, healing. And yeah, it was like, allowed me to have a beautiful birth. I yeah. think so. And so during your pregnancy, what were some of the things that you did to educate yourself? And was there anyone around you that had home birth before? Yeah, so that was tricky because it wasn't something within my circle like I I didn't have any family members that had home birth and I you know in my friendship circle I yeah I didn't have anyone close either um so it was a little bit out of the norm but um yeah I I think the first thing that I did was um just typed into podcasts and how I came across you I probably put in like positive and birth or something (laughs) and then like you popped up and I reckon it was um, cause you had Dr. Sarah Buckley on your yes, I podcast, did. didn't you? Yeah. So Incredible woman. she was one of the first peak. Oh, she's amazing. And she really, I really resonate with all of her work, but I think that she was one of the first people that I listened to. And yeah, what really got me is I was like, Oh, you know, I really would love a natural birth, but 
um, I'll, I'll be open to an epidural. And then deep down, even though I really wanted the natural birth, I would, I sort of knew I'd probably would just would opt for that option because that's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I listened to her work, I was like, oh my God, I can, I, I have to get over my own fears about birth and the unknown because it, it takes two to tango. Like it's not just about me birthing a baby. It, it actually goes both ways. And there's um, mm. this little baby who's going to be going on their own journey to be born and then all of the benefits that come from that, you know, um, physiological birth. And, yeah, so that was kind of the turning point where I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I have to get past that like fear of pain and, and the unknown and birthing and just get out of that that mindset. Um mm. So I, so, cause it's not just about me, it's also about my baby, um, if that makes sense. But Absolutely, yeah. yeah, so that was sort of the start of my prepping for birth. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I sort of realized was that it's really important to create a really positive birth team. So whether I were birthing within a hospital system or at home or whatever you're, you're planning on doing, it's really important to have that team that are going to be there who, to support you and advocate for you. Yeah. Um, and so I hired a doula. Um, her name's Sonia and she's incredible. Like, she's amazing. So I was really lucky to have her. Um, I got into um, midwifery group practice and I was assigned um, an amazing midwife. Her name's Julie Schiller and um, yeah, she's awesome. She actually just retired from MGP, but I, we were her last home birth, so that was really special. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So to get into those programs, do you simply just contact your hospital? Yeah, and I think you do, you've do. you got to do it really, really early because it's one of those things. It's um, The system's really full at the moment too because there's so many babies coming through and I think they just, yeah, they're overrun. And I guess the more women, maybe there's a little bit of a shift in in um, women becoming a little bit more aware about their options and the system and the difference between private and public and um, because it is such a sought-after program I think it's best to you know as soon as you find out that'd be the first call I'd be making now is ringing the hospital and just saying um, you know just making yourself known but then I think you can't actually get in until you know for this particular hospital that we went through it's a low risk so you need to, yeah, tickle the boxes. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you can get in, it, it really is. It's, it's great. But And I also had an amazing um, student midwife called Lauren and she, she was actually a home birth, like her mum home birthed all her babies and Lauren was just so, yeah, she was really, um, she just like spoke my language too. We just caught up for a coffee and she just, yeah, she was all for like physiological birth and helping me get through any barriers and supporting me to have a home birth. So, um, yeah, created a really good team. That was the first thing that was really helpful. Um, and then, yeah, I read heaps, like I read lots of books. Um, any in particular that you would recommend? Um, Either between um, anything by Anna May, yeah. Anna May, she's she's amazing. Yep, and Rhea Dempsey, of course. Um, Love Rhea. I know she's the best. <laughs> I'm like the biggest fan of her now. She's she's bigger than anyone to yeah, me. me. She's too. like my big birth celebrity. <laughs> Shout out to Rhea if she's listening. <laughs> but yeah, she. Um, anything by by those two women are amazing. But there's there's quite a few. There's like those few books that 
if you sort of start with Ina May, then you'll find there's a few things that sort of like um, that same sort of outlook to birth. Yeah. Um, we did a couple of courses. Um, I did one which is was really good because it um, helped Michael to understand that he actually plays a really huge role in birth. Like our our birthing partners are so important and I don't think that our men realise, or, or women, you know, your birthing partner, I don't think that they realise that they're, they're really needed in that space to advocate for you and, and do whatever, you know, helps you to get through. You know, you're in it together. So um, Michael, after doing this course, it was actually without um, the lady who I go to get acupuncture from and it's called The Birth Blueprint and it just, like, talks about it's not, it's very unbiased. It just talks about all of the different options like epidurals, inductions, baby monitoring, you know, everything. And it's just really honest about um, the statistics research around it and just explains the system a little bit. Um, so, yeah, after that course, Michael was like all on board as well. Um, Amazing. Yeah, that was really good. But, yeah, books did did calm birth course as well but by the time Michael and I went to that we're like oh I feel like the nerds at the back of the class because we just like (laughs) educated ourselves so much but it's still like highly recommend um and I think the other thing as well leading into birth that's important is um just like preparing yourself emotionally because like I said stuff popped up for me and I really believe that to go into labor and have um you know, the birth that you might envision, it's important to like let go of a lot of that stuff or like start to work through it because it might hold you back. Like mm. I felt it would for me anyway. So, yeah, a lot of that like working through stuff. Um, and then like body work, I got acupuncture. I um, went to see this like wonderful Cairo. She does real like gentle sacral work. Um, and she helps like align your pelvis and um, move the baby, you know, get them into that optimal positioning. Um, and another thing that I really feel helped with having such an incredible, like that last part of actually physically birthing um, Luca was the rebozo work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so with the scarf and your, um, it like loosens all of your pelvic floor and helps to like move the baby out of the pelvis so they're not, if they're, you know, engaged from um like Luke was engaged from about 20 weeks I think with his head down in my pelvis so doing that and like inversions like the yoga pose up on the couch where you're sort of leaning forward just helps to bring the baby out of the pelvis so they're just not so you know crammed in there and they're just yeah that that optimal positioning stuff's really helpful um yeah and then lastly I think just like having a birth plan like preparing for birth and a lot of people said don't worry about birth plans. Like they go out the window, they're a load, like waste of your time. But honestly, if you create a birth plan, I think A in itself, it could be really empowering and it helps you to educate yourself a little bit further because you might have a few questions come up that you might want to address with the hospital or your midwives. Um, and, yeah, don't be afraid to use it. And I think have like your partner though or your doula or someone to really advocate for you and, hold on to that closely and like show it to the people in that space and um you know discuss your options because my birth plan that I know that they don't always go to plan and I'm really mindful of that as well but um in saying that I think everything on that plan because we'd had those conversations and I'd explained why and had my goal up the top it 
yeah, it was amazing. It was like such a good foundation for, for the birth, yeah. having that there. Oh, and no negativity. That's the like biggest thing, like going inwards and when people come at you and um, and a lot of the time it's from a place of care because especially if, you know, first time mom, you've never even given birth and you're birthing at home and rah rah it's mm. really like a lot of the time it comes from care or own people's experiences and, and um, trying to like save you or help you. But, you know, I got to a place where I was quite, um, I just had to like hide and just go inwards yeah. and, you know, I'd worked so hard. I'm like, I don't need any negative comments to come in and hinder what I've, you know, the, the space that I was in. So, yeah, even if you just have to hide <laughs> from humans for a while, then yeah. do it. Yes, I love that. So what were some of the fears that you had to work through leading up to your birth? Yeah, so interestingly, um, it was actually my like lovely chiropractor. She said to me one day, she was like, if you have any fears come up in your birth, it's really important, like just voice them. doesn't matter how ridiculous it might sound. Um, I think she said like, even if, you know, you get to the part where you're at the, you're at the stage of pushing and you're like, am I about to birth a fridge? Like <laughs> if you, you know, even if it's like ridiculous and that's what's going through your head, just voice it because getting those fears out will hopefully help your labor to continue to progress. So yeah, I'd, I'd learned that like fear and labor, they just, they just should be nowhere near each other. Like they're, mm. they're not, they don't go hand in hand. So yeah, I was really mindful of working through those fears. But what I something that I did do is there were times where I would particularly approaching, I think I hit like when you're deemed full term, like when the baby could come at any time sort of thing according to, you know, the culturally how we sort of speak of. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I, then I did have some anxiety come up for me. So what I would do is I would write down all of the fears in my journal, whether it were like I have a fear of tearing, I have a fear of going to the hospital, I have a fear of, um, yeah, whatever it might be. And then I would actually read that fear and then I would just rewrite it out but in a different way. So I would be like, um, you know, it's valid to fear tearing but you are aiming to have a water birth, you've learned about different positions that you can be in and if you tear, it's it's fine. You've got the, the team around you after to deal with it, like it's not the end of the world or, you know, so I'd kind of like address the fear and then rewrite it and then let it go. Um, I burnt them in our fire. <laughs> I did that as well. There was like a really hot night and um, I was like, no, it's a full moon and I've written all these fears down and I need to burn them in the in like our indoor combustion, you know, fire inside. <laughs> so we're just like, our neighbours are like, what on earth are you doing? It's <laughs> almost 30 degrees and I'm in there sweating. <gasps> Michael and I like we're away on a vacation in our bathers <laughs> burning all of my fears but Love you know it. that sort of stuff <laughs> and then that's when I had um colostrum leak for the first time because I was so oh. hot and I was like oh my god so I collected all my colostrum oh that's amazing <laughs> oh all the funny parts <laughs> of pregnancy but um yeah. yeah I think that's that's really important is like no fear is silly when it comes to birth particularly if you've never done it before so um yeah. but yeah really important to address them so Something that I'd actually learnt um, in my degree, like in those early days when I had fallen pregnant and I was doing a topic about human social development and um, it talked about, it's not a nice nice topic, but, you know, women in um, relationships where there's fear, they're like domestic violence or not in safe spaces and 
how when the woman feels fear, the blood rushes away from your uterus and then, like, that blood goes from the baby. So, yeah, which I I never thought about that before, but, like, that's why I really tried to keep as calm as I could and and work on that fear because, obviously, you don't have all that blood. It's a muscle, so if you don't have that beautiful blood flow and you're keeping calm, if blood's rushing away from the muscle, A, it's going to be more painful and, B, it's it's not going to be nice for the baby um so that's it yeah another like driver to be like okay I just need to keep calm and you know work on that anxiety and fear and stuff because yeah for what's going on in the inside that we don't see I guess yeah that is so interesting Mm. so how far along were you when you went into labor so I was 40 um plus three yeah and I well I guess as well like with that letting go of fear a week before I went into labor I um started losing what was you know like the very beginning I guess of your cervix spinning and maybe a bit of mucus plug Mm -hmm. um and I remember it was like a Saturday and we'd gone out for lunch and stuff and then I was like oh my god there's something in my underwear (laughs) it's happening and I just went into this you know not the zone that I needed to be in and I think and I went to a bit of a fear response you know and like or maybe it's a mix between excitement and fear and like you know all the things but Mm -hmm. um I knew that that wasn't the space that I needed to be in to for labor to progress the way that I had intended Mm -hmm. and um but I really I feel like it happened for a reason because every day from that point on for yeah so that was at 39 around 39 so for about like just over a week every morning I would wake up and I would have that little bit of an increase in um changes in you know losing a little bit more of the plug or whatever it was so um every day it just sort of allowed me leading up to labor to let go further and by the time I actually went into labor I was just yeah I'd like let go of all of that stuff so um yeah it sort of eased me in um but yeah, I went in at um, yeah forty plus three. I was going to yoga on Tuesday mornings, and I was like, obviously, I'd missed out pretty much my whole pregnancy. So I was just absolutely loving. Like I would really look forward to these Tuesday morning yogas, and um, I'd connected with a few girls through that space that were much more open to home birth and had had home births, and I could, I just really like um, felt safe with them and talking about my birth and whatnot. So it was really like beneficial for me to keep going. Mm. Um, but yeah, that morning on the Tuesday of the yoga, I woke up and I'd like, that was the mucus plug. Like I'd lost, there was a massive difference. Um, and I, I don't know, do you know the golden month girls? They do yes, all the, I have heard um, them. yeah. So they're, they're an amazing service and they go, uh, they're Australia wide now too, but they do like lots of like postpartum care and, um, yeah, they're awesome. You, beautiful food and stuff but they Nadia actually one of the girls who run is a friend of mine and so in the morning I was like oh my god this has happened I don't know should I come to yoga should I not and I think I even like sent her she's all like a birth goddess so I just like sent her I think I sent her a photo and um she's like no I think that you should still come then you know it'll be a really lovely distraction for you so um I ended up going to yoga but intuitively like I knew that you know it was going to happen that day, but I thought I'll still go along. Um, so there I am just like 40 plus three, just laying there like a whale where they all go get around <laughs> me. But it was, it was so nice to be there. Yeah. Um, and at the end, Nadia did this really beautiful guided meditation and it was just about, you know, connecting with your baby and, and letting go and surrendering and um, 
that I think for me was just that last little like piece of the puzzle that really helped me to Mm. yeah so um yeah then I went home and um had a little nap and when I woke from that nap I just like woke to some really like friendly like light little surges or like niggles um and it's so funny how you just go into not denial. Yes. Like I hear just so many women's just, it's like clearly happening, but we just go into this denial. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time it's all you're like thinking about, talking about, and then it happens. And you're like, nah, it's not a thing. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing that. I was like, there's nothing. But mm. um, <laughs> it clearly was. Like I look back now and they were like quite, you know, they, they were happening. Mm. Um, and then so... I'd actually use an app through it. Oh, I didn't mention that before, but I did use an app throughout my pregnancy, which was amazing um, for me personally. It was It's called Freya, F-R-E-Y-A, or Freya, Freya or Freya. Okay. Yeah, I just, I randomly came across it and it was just like my, um, yeah, like go-to all through pregnancy. Like I'd listen to it in the bath, I'd listen to it as what well, if I ever felt anxious or, and I ended up putting it on from like these early those first niggles right up until after Luca were born. So, um, and someone had actually said to me, I remember where I was talking a bit about hypnobirthing and breath work and a friend was like, oh, you know, some, another person we know, they did hypnobirth or breathing and as soon as they were in labour, it all went out the window, like it didn't even work. And so there's those little comments that come at you all the time and they don't yeah. they don't mean to like impact you deeply. But for me, I was like that, I was hoping that would be the, a really helpful tool and to be honest like the breathing and using that app was like the best tool that I had throughout my whole labor so um yeah so I put that on but it's really cool because you press um when you when you have a surge you press the button and it stops the guided meditation and it will just start counting you in and out and um it's like the UK's version of hypnobirthing so she has this like beautiful calming voice and um yeah, it just like because I practiced it so much, I just like sort of went straight in that zone. Mm-hmm. But it times your contractions behind the scenes. So um, I was really big on like I really want a physiological untouched birth as much as I possibly can. Like I want to experience this as if, you know, the way that I would if I were doing it. I've got all the support there, but if I were doing it on my own, I want to get to as close as I can to that. And so I also didn't want to time contract. Like I wanted to not be on the clock at all I wanted to lose concept of time sort of thing um and so that's why that app was really cool yeah okay because I started from the beginning so behind the scenes it's timing them you don't see how close or whatever but when you go into established labor it pops up and tells you yeah, okay. um awesome. yeah anyhow so yeah when I was feeling those like light surges I just like straight away just popped that on and just started to like even though they weren't I could still you know get on with my day through them um I just started practicing that breathing as soon as I felt something, um, but didn't put too much thought into it. Um, and I think that they were going for like an hour or so. And, and I went up to Michael and I'm like, um, something's happening now. And I was like, I'm feeling, you know, these, like, it's sort of like a bit of period pain. And, and Michael's like, oh, because like, he was all excited too, like trying to act cool. But, like, you, you know, we'd, we'd work, we'd both work so hard towards the birth. And he, like, he was actually really excited. So, um, but I found then, and this is back to that voicing that fear as it comes up. I only had this happen like three times during labor. But the first little fear was like, just I think I'd worked so hard and educated myself so much but also knew it's something that you just need to go with the flow and you can't control it um so 
when I actually started, it actually started happening. I had a little bit of anxiety, you know, a bit of a something come up. And so I went up to Michael and I'm like, I just feel a little bit scared, you know, like, can I do it? And um, he was like, you know, he just gave me a little inspirational talk and had a cry and he gave me a hug and he's like, you've got all the tools in your toolkit. Like, you know, like your body's built to birth, you can do it. And yeah, so that like, as soon as I had that little cry, I let it go, totally fine. From then on, um, yeah, I just like, we just sort of started clearing our space. Michael started setting up the pool and I'm like, stop, like, this is not necessary. <laughs> this isn't happening. And he's like, I can always pack it down. I'll just get it out just in case. And then I'd like learned, you know, so much about oxytocin. Like you, you got to get that oxytocin flowing and whether that's through like, you know, so, like it's that love hormone and, you know, laughing and being happy. So um, I find Jim Carrey hilarious. Like he's just like that. Me too. Do you like him? I do. He's so funny. <laughs> Me too. He's just the weirdest person. He's yeah. so, so funny. So um, I've like put on Jim Carrey comedy just on like YouTube. Yeah. And um, so we had that playing, just like ordered pizza and I was just sitting on my birth ball, just like watching Jim Carrey scoffing pizza down. <laughs> um, and I look back now and, you know, they were like, I think I was in such a space of like, don't put too much attention into like, this is a natural thing. You're, you're just embarking on this natural birth journey. Like just go with it and try not to stress. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it is what it is. So I wasn't putting too much energy into it, but. I was really big on, um, and this was something that I get another fear, I guess that came up that I really like my doula Sonia was great to help me through this, but you know, how might I look in pregnancy? Like, am I going to like be like really loud or, you know, cry? You, you, you don't, it's just, especially cause I wanted to like get in that part of my brain where you birth really primitively and you just in that headspace. So I, I just sort of let go of that though. And I was like, what will be, will be like, if I'm like, roaring and my neighbors hear me whatever it, it's birth it's natural and, yeah. and I don't want anything to like stop me from just like moving forward with it um and let go you know that self-conscious part of us that like ego part but um mm-hmm. yeah so from the beginning though, I really worked on like whatever my body feels it needs to do just be guided by that so um every time that I'd have a surge a surge our um like our kitchen and our um lounge room like one space so I would just like quietly get up and like go over to our kitchen island bench pop my app on breathe through and I just found like really swaying my hips was super helpful and then I would just go sit back down and get on with my pizza and watch Jim Carrey (laughs) (laughs) you know and again I look back now and they were they were more intense but I just yeah I was managing um and then I reckon it was around eight o'clock and I was like oh yeah I should text Sonia and just let her know um but I'm a real people pleaser and again like in birth something else I had to work on is that you know you you can't be a people pleaser particularly if you're birthing within a system where you know you you need to be direct and strong in what or hopefully your partner do that on your behalf but yeah you can't people please or you might sort of get dragged dragged through a system you know if that makes sense um so I was like, oh, I should text her. So I was just like, hi, Sonia. Like, no, no big deal. But um, <laughs> I'm just having some really little niggles, and I might, you know, I just wanted to let you know it's probably nothing. Um, but I was actually like having full contractions at that point. Um, and then Sonia just said, um, oh, you know, don't like that's that's amazing. You know, it sounds like babies on their way Earth side, and um, how exciting. But 
no, don't. And I'd already knew this as well, so it's what I assume. But she's like, don't be disheartened if it fizzles out overnight because, you know, and then ramps up tomorrow, that, that's normal. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, all good. Um, and then I knew that, you know, rest was important if I were to, if it were to continue. So um, we hopped into bed at like 10, but I'd actually written this letter to myself that week before when I had that like fear come up a week before when I started losing the the plug a bit and I just like wrote down a few things that I'd like learned just like a bit of a pep talk to myself like a beautiful letter um and then so I just like read that um and then just hopped into bed at like 10 o'clock and um yeah I I put on a guided meditation another sort of I had just like a few little meditations that I listened to regularly throughout pregnancy a lot of the time I'd like fall asleep to it um and so I don't know I just sort of felt like it might get into your subconscious. So even if you're sleeping, you're listening to this like stuff that would help. Yeah. So I popped them on and I somehow was like sleeping between them. Um, I was just like really in this rested state of mind. Um, And I had learned a lot about, you know, you really want to be in that back part of your brain, like that real, that primitive, non-thinking, not that front, front, global part of your brain that thinking part of your brain the logical one you want to be in the back part so um you know I'd work sort of like just to like not think I was I've never really been that good at meditation but I guess I yeah those um the app and stuff really helped but anyhow so I was probably in that state by then and um then it got to about three uh midnight and I just remember being like okay I can't just lay here anymore like I just need to move my body a little bit so I got up and I didn't want to wake Michael in case, again, I was in denial. <laughs> I was like, well, probably it'll fizzle out, you know. But So I just like quietly got up and um, it was actually so beautiful. I just went out to my lounge room and it, was, it wasn't it was a really cold night but it was just like pouring with rain. Oh, um, yeah, it was really nice. So it was just like raining outside and I just like lit a single candle and had a banana and a muesli bar because I knew like how important food was if it were to sort of ramp up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, then I just like labored out on my own for about three hours. Um, and again, I just like keep popping that breathing on and just every single surge, I just concentrated on breathing through it and just doing whatever felt good, which was just really like swaying my hips, like being on the couch and getting into that sort of like, um, what is it like child's pose, you know, yeah. sort of being sleeping like that. And um, yeah, so I did that for like three hours and then I remember at one point around 3 a.m. my app popped up and it said, you're in established labour, please go to the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, silly app. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> Still denial, silly yeah. app. I was like, I'm way too like, this is lovely. <laughs> I was wow. just in this like, I'd also learned, you know, if you can really get in that space and a lot of that is that darkness and birth you know laboring where you're not there's no bright lights no one's interrupting you no questions I didn't have to answer to anyone not even myself I just got in that like out of the way of my body and um but yeah I'd learned about those like hormones that if you could um that we have all these beautiful natural hormones that like flow through our bodies to help us to birth you know it's not supposed to be this traumatically painful horrific experience like you know it's not that unkind like Mm. yes it's extremely challenging I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it wasn't the hardest thing that I'd ever done but it was not as intense and horrific as what um I'd always seen on tv and what people had 
you know, the way that it's being depicted to me. So mm. I, that's why I guess those hormones are flowing. It was really helping me manage the intensity of it. So I really didn't think that I were that far along. Um, and I thought by that point I probably would have had like a huge transitional moment, like get me, get me to the hospital, help, you know, mm. or I can't do it. But, yeah, I was just like just totally fine. Um, but I had then remembered the TENS machine and people had said to me, you know, you've got to put on the TENS machine at those like those first little niggles and then as your contractions increase or intensify, that will help to relieve the pain. Um, and I also had another girlfriend say that she she tried to put it on when she were like at that point that I, you know, established labour and it felt horrible to her. So, but in saying that, I was like, I really, you know, I want to, I'll just give it a go because I'm not in established labour. <laughs> and I went and I was like, I didn't really need, I didn't feel that I needed Michael, but I just wanted, like, I didn't need his help, but I just wanted his presence around me and, like, yeah. thank God I woke him because, like, the pool and stuff, nothing was finished. So um, so I just, like, went to wake Michael and um, get him to help me put on the TENS machine. But, yeah, this is, like, that people-pleasing of me. This is where, like, I really need to work on this because I went to wake him up, but then he just looked so peaceful and I felt bad to wake him. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? You know, you're in, you're in labor, wake up your partner. Yeah. He can come and help. Yeah. Having a baby, he needs to be a part of this. So I was like, Michael. And then when he woke up, I think cause I wasn't like, I'm in labor, you know, established labor or whatever. I was just so like, excuse me. Um, that he just sort of like came to really like dopey and was like, yeah. And then I just had this huge surge and I just like pushed him out the way and just had this um, contraction on our bed, like sort of like moaned into my the pillows and he was like, oh, okay, like something's happening. So um, I'd like written out this list of things for Michael, um, but the poor guy, like as soon as he was up, he was so busy, like people – who think that partners can just sit in the corner of the room and do nothing. It's just, especially not with a home birth. I think, you know, they can play this. Yeah, he was busy. Um, mm. So he like went and got the list and he's like, oh, can I, you know, what, can I do anything? And I'm like, oh, I might, it'd be nice to have a shower. And it was just sort of like, I was a little bit drunk. Like I was just like, la, 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 off, you know, <laughs> in this like, I really do understand when people say it's kind of like you leave your body to collect your baby from the stars. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. But um, I was like, oh, I'll just, um, yeah, shower would be nice. So he ran me a shower and then um, I was like, can I have some peanut butter toast? <laughs> so he went and made me um, toast. And I remember I was like more concerned about getting my peanut butter toast wet than I was about like having the contractions. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then um, – there was one bad thing that happened though, which is it like got me out of that headspace. Um, but after we had a sh- had, I hopped out of the shower after a bit, and um, I was labouring on the couch, and Michael went and got me my drink bottle, and it has like a really short like straw built in, and you know those um, gross bugs, the earwig, yes. with the little pincers on them. Ugh. Oh no! So an earwig had made its way into the straw like I was obviously trying to get the water and because it's all long it like got jammed in there oh no <laughs> oh and so Michael had passed me in between a contraction Michael had passed me my water bottle and I sucked 
went to have a sip and I just sucked up the earwig. Oh, oh my no. <laughs> oh, it was horrific. It just like, it really scared me in that moment because I was just such in a zone and I'd been in this headspace for so long. And then I just like yeah. felt this thing on my tongue and I saw it and I just chucked it. And I don't know why my head went to this, but it was long and black and it was dark. I couldn't see what it was. And I, I thought it was a white tip spider. I've got no idea why, but that was like where my head went. Yeah. And um, so I just like, but in a weird way, I'm so grateful for the earwig because it actually like was this huge release for a second for me because it like snapped me out of that headspace. But, um, and Michael kind of, you know, he was in shock. So he kind of like laughed and then I was like, it's not funny. <laughs> and I just started hysterically crying. Like this massive cry came out. Then I actually got really scared for a second because my contractions were like closer together now and they're obviously increasing in intensity but I was managing through that breathing and Mm -hmm. I wasn't in that headspace all of a sudden I was like there present in my lounge room and I didn't want to be there I I didn't want the next one to hit and for me to experience it like that and so I was like breathe like crying I was like breathe breathe like trying to get back into that space and I and I did like the earwig just he didn't conquer me he he was gone but um and it was funny later because the earwig, re, like, he returned and he crawled. Michael said he, like, crawled up his arm and Michael had to, between a contraction, like, run and grab the earwig and throw it outside and come oh, back to no. me. He <laughs> was just really trying to ruin my experience. Damn it, earwig. Um, bloody earwig. But anyway, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, and, and as well, during this time, Michael was super busy because he, every time I would press on my app to help me breathe, Michael would press on the TENS machine at the same time and then the poor guy like they're getting closer and closer and closer and he's like running around trying to like set up the pool and come back to me and and I'm not a direct person but I wasn't like speaking very much and I would just be like now go this that like I was saying like one word and it's all I really had in me and yeah I was really quite you know so poor Michael he it was yeah it was a lot for him but um he did amazing but yeah so he's also in this by this stage we don't have our birth team there or anything so he's trying to communicate to them in between as well um and then then I recall Michael um had started then he'd like text our doula and she was on her way and then I went to the toilet um I'd learned how important it is to like even though you really might not want to do it like I did not want to leave the couch where I was laboring but it was important to go and like empty your bladder Mm -hmm. um so Michael like encouraged me to the toilet and then that's when I had like now I realised was that full like bloody show um, which I think is where, you know, like you're fully dilated, you're, you know, everything's sort of gone. So um, and I just remember being in that like bit of a headspace where I was just sort of, you know, off with the fairies a little bit and I was like, oh, is that normal, you know, and Michael, um, he, he kept calm but I think he was a bit like well taken back by it so he like sh- quickly got in touch with our midwife and like sent her a photo and um yeah the things that your partners might have to do in labor like Michael was with me as I was like I went back out to the lounge room I had a contraction and then Julie my midwife's like okay so is there any like mucus in the sorry I know this is like a lot of information but it's it's the reality of birth isn't it yeah um but she's like is there like mucus in the blood and it was like on the toilet paper so Michael like runs back to the toilet and he like pokes it and he's like, yes, there's it, you know. So he's just like running back and forth and having to do all this stuff that you wouldn't think that he would have had to, you know. But, um, 
yeah, so then Julie could hear me in the background as well, just sort of like moaning through one. And she's like, okay, I think Alex might be a bit further along than she realised. So I'll just have a shower and I'm coming now. Um, so, yeah, anyhow, shortly after then, Sonia, like my doula had arrived and that was just beautiful. Like I I felt, I really felt like I were managing, but it was just so nice. Like when she walked in the door, just her calm presence Um yeah, she came in and she was just like, aren't you a clever girl? Like, you just, you know, you got this. And um, I remember her just like doing these hip squeezes for me and they were incredible. That she actually um, is a remedial, that she does massage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she had the skills, like she's so strong. She just, uh, yeah, she was amazing at them. But um, And I remember there was actually a point, as well, this is another cool thing about just having Sonia there too is that, just giving me the heads up, like I, I remember um, Sonia must have known that Luca were about to turn because she could see, you know, on your back, you, I think women, there's that little bit of a bulge or that like sacral, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she or she just maybe by the sounds or whatever, she, she knew. So she said to me, so um, baby's going to turn soon, so it might be a little bit more intense, but, it, you know, you've got it, it's, it's a good thing. And so that was really cool. Like I actually felt Luca like go through that process and wow. – yeah, it was awesome. Like it was, it was a little bit more intense, but it was so much more manageable because I had that heads up as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, shortly, and it was really nice just to have Sonia there as well because then Michael could actually, you know, do other things. Like he could set up the pool, and then Sonia could just press go on the tens and like squeeze my hips and give him that space to, um, yeah, to sort of run around and get the rest done. But, um, yeah, and I think like. I don't recall really having a real big transition moment, but um, I remember like Sonia taking me to the toilet between then and like Julie arriving shortly after. So this is like early hours of the morning now, like that, you know, I was in established labor around three in the morning. And then by like, I think she arrived, you know, five thirty six in the morning. Um, so it was a much shorter shift for her. Like yeah. sometimes she's with women for like three days, you know? Um, so yeah, she got lucky. She wasn't she wasn't on call for that long for me. But um, yeah, so she um took me to the toilet, and I remember just being like, I never had a massive doubt, like I couldn't do it or I needed drugs or anything. But I was just like saying out loud, like I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Like if I, it's just never underestimate the power of like positive, you know, like talking to yourself and reminding yourself that you can do things because. Yeah, just something that simple was just helping me get through. If I ever had that little, like it got a bit tough, I was just like, I can do this sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, I, then I did have that, again, just that little fear that came up. I was like, oh, I didn't talk much during labour, but when they came up, I would just voice it. And I was like, I'm a little bit nervous about when the birth team come, like when Julie and Lauren walk in and then there'll be another midwife come for the baby. So they send two midwives um so you get so much support birthing at home people were like oh you you know thought I was being really unsafe but it was so like I had this incredible support around me um but yeah she um she just said like I, I just said that was a bit of a fear and she was like it's fine like I'll have a chat with them um and yeah right before Julie arrived apparently like I was having some much more intense contractions I was sort of like laboring like on my dining room table and I was like that was a mean one or something, <laughs> like calling my contractions mean. Um, and then so when Julie walked in, she's, you know, 
Sonia's like, she's having some very mean contractions right now, just like <laughs> fully having a laugh because I'm like fully like, I was at that point as well, I was bearing down. Like I could feel oh, okay. Luca, yeah. And I remember like that, you know, when it happens, it's just this like uncontrollable, you know, it does, it feels like you need to do a poop. But I had learned that, you know, it's not that, like he's – He's, you know, really close now. But I was so internal and I thought that I'd vocalise that more, but I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Julie came in, she was just like quietly just, you know, continued to set up the space. I like made it really clear to them that I just wanted this like no vaginal examinations, like nothing. I just wanted to be really just just allow me to labour and um, they they respected that so much and like of course if there are complications or I needed that intervention like absolutely but if things were fine I knew that the policies would encourage things to be like monitored you know every like four hours I think it is possibly for vaginal examinations and you know I didn't but yeah I didn't have one which is awesome but um yeah so yeah I remember at that point when she came the midwife arrived at about six I was actually yeah bearing down um and I thought I was being really really loud and it was really really obvious but I just I was probably a lot quieter it was just really internal and and for me like I you know that was loud for me sort of thing so anyway yeah no one really so I guess I they knew that I needed I could be hopping into the pool but I don't think anyone sort of realized how far along I actually was mm-hmm. um and because it was just going so quick too um and then, yeah, I remember them being like, okay, you can hop in the pool now. But, again, it was just so – I was just off in this little world. Like I – yeah, there was just like candles and darkness and it was just so um, – yeah, it was so lovely and I wasn't super present but they – I remember they like helped just pop me in the pool. And then I was in there for less than half an hour. Um, but I remember when I hopped in it was just like, you know, they call it the natural epidural for a reason. It, it just – it's really beautiful. I just sort of um, – sort of like sunk into it and just started like rhythmically like moving my body and just that like weightlessness of the water. It's just, oh, it's amazing when you finally get to hop in there. Um, and, yeah, so I was in there for like I think in the books it was like 27 minutes. But um, when I hopped in the pool I had that last little fear thing popped up. I wouldn't call them transition because I, I mean, maybe they were like little mini transitional moments. But, and transition was something I was actually really scared about, to be honest, but I don't feel like I had a really intense one. But, um, yeah, I hopped in the pool and then I was like, I voiced, I feel, I actually feel a bit nervous for when he's actually going to come out. Like I didn't realise that was the part that I was actually most nervous about was that like pushing, like physically birthing, you know, I was a bit scared of like tearing and things like that. And maybe the pain around that. Mm. Um, and when I had voiced that, Julie was like, you know, you got to let go of that fear, like envision your baby. And then my midwife, Lauren, and this is so special. I've actually got, I think my daughter, like Sonia took a video of it, but Lauren actually came up to me and I cannot remember what she said, but I remember she had like tears in her eyes and she was like, just gave me this beautiful, like, inspirational little talk and just said, like, you, you know, you can do this already, right? And then I, it was just, like, just exactly what I needed. And then I just surrendered. I was, like, you know, if I tear or whatever, that's, it's fine. Like, just, I just completely let it go and then got into this zone. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, then so a few minutes later, I think. Um, so they just like they were just using the Doppler as well to obviously like hear Luca's heartbeat, and that was really beautiful. Like that was the only time they ever touched me throughout the whole birth, um, and that was but that was a really lovely part of it, just to be like in the water and just hearing him. And um, so they came over and did a little Doppler, and then Lauren's like, "I'll just pop a mirror down and see, you know, try and gauge like how far along I was." And she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, they're expecting maybe like a couple of hours, but like the baby was definitely on its way." So they're like, they were just over in my kitchen, you know, whispering and popping their gloves on and getting sorted. And so I was just there with Sonia and um, I, rem- I just all of a sudden a surge came and I felt like I put my hand down there to like guard my um, perineum. Why can't I can never say, is it perineum? Perineum. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, perineum? What is that word? Yeah, it's was, a tricky one. <laughs> perineum. Those girls, so I like instinctively like popped my hand down there because I felt like my body, you know, a surge came and I felt that pressure. And then that was like the first time that I, you know, Sonia had talked to me a lot about like when you're birthing, you really want to be those like low tones that like, deep moaning and that just instinctively happens which is really cool but just if your voice is like ah like a bit high or you get a bit that's that like fear response you know and then you're going to tell your body or your brain you're a bit scared there's something to be afraid of and when I popped my hand down there to to guard the area because I felt a tiny little sting I could feel Luca's head like I was fully crowning and um so I kind of like reached to Sonia and like grabbed her um, arm and I was like oh like that and um, because little did she know like I, I was literally about to birth Luca there was nobody around me like <laughs> just Sonia and I everyone's like you know just having a chat putting their gloves on like getting ready mm. and Michael was in there as well so it was just that moment of like oh my god but I was so internal I wasn't actually saying like uh, I feel hair like wow. yeah so I sort of like grabbed at her and then she was like breathe your baby down like low low sounds like breathe baby down and yeah I really breathe the baby down because the the next contraction came and it wasn't I don't even think it was like a minute late like it was really close to that one where I I felt that I I were crowning and then his entire head was in my hand and I but nobody knew like I was just there holding Luca's head and yeah just so internal and I yeah I'd learned like about that for like fetal ejection reflex where your body like births your baby for you um and I was doing no pushing nothing like it was just like taking over and doing it and so I was a bit like uh yeah I don't know I wouldn't say shocked because I was so just in the zone it was just so normal and natural and like it was just happening but I didn't voice it I just sort of like sat there with stayed there with my hand over his head but Michael had heard on that that surge that a change in my voice and I guess because he'd been like with me since like three in the morning whereas they'd sort of rocked up a bit late that was like a real different sound to him Mm -hmm. um oh no it might have been on the next one but yeah he heard like me like roar a little bit and so he came over and he's like oh just um like they were putting cold flannels on my neck and he's like, I'll just like check, you know, put another flannel on her neck. And then he walked behind me. So, so like 30 seconds after I had Luca's entire head were out, another surge came and just birthed his entire body in one go. Wow. And it was just like, 
just out. And then I was like, oh, my God, like I hadn't said anything. Like the midwife, nobody's there. My baby's just swimming in the pool. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, and it was just like, and that's the part I think I made that sound. Like, I, you know, they say you roar your baby out. Um, yeah. I don't think I was like overly loud or anything either, but Michael picked up on that change in the sound. And so, yeah, he came to like put a flannel on and then he looked and he's like, I see legs. And then the midwives are like, legs and you know they like that's totally my midwife Julie is incredible like she's done it all seen it all she's seen these huge dramatic shifts in our system where like she used to birth breech babies and twins and everything but now there's all these rules in place so mm-hmm. she knew like if this baby were breech and his legs were out that was a lot of paperwork like, yeah, and and confusing because he had been head down engaged for ages so they were I think that was their first thought though was like oh my god is he breech and then Michael's like oh like he's here and so he just then he just like lifted grabbed Luca and handed him to me and put him on my chest so mm. yeah it was it was really cool like Michael was I just I love that was the first person to ever see Luca like the first person to touch him to you know like he literally grabbed him and passed him to me there was nothing like Aww. yeah no no intervention nothing he just there he was having a swim in the pool <laughs> <laughs> that is so beautiful oh so cool do you remember having any inner dialogue in that moment um it just all happened so fast like I, I reckon it would have happened within like they recorded my pushing pushing stage as a minute so wow. I just yeah, I think it all just happened so quickly that, yeah, again, I just, I wasn't really thinking anything and, um, but I was, I was in shock, like all of a sudden, like it was, it just felt like two hours ago, I was just like laboring on my couch with my candle and next minute there's Luca in my arms. Like it happened fast and there was no easing with that. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way cause I loved that my entire experience, but you know, a, a girlfriend um, who had her little boy nine days after Lucas sent me her birth video and, you know, she had a beautiful water birth um, too, but she was like sort of, you know, laying back and her little boy's head's out and she's she's having all that time in between like smiling and a kiss with her husband and that it was all, you know, that space in between. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me it was just like, yeah, my body was just like just did it and so like I don't really even think there was any inner dialogue hence why I didn't even sort of say the baby's almost here like I just yeah yeah, it was just so like undisturbed but really quick really quick yeah and did you have any tearing from that yeah I had nothing I had just like maybe like a tiny graze or something you know and yeah, and that was like I didn't even poo in the pool, <laughs> and I had like, and you know, and that's cool. Like I had my little pooper scooper. I was all prepared. Michael and I'd laughed about it. I'm like, you can get the poo, but like, just not even you know all those things that that I were like prepared for just didn't happen. And and I think as well why people didn't realize that like the, my team hadn't noticed straight away was. There were no blood or anything in the water, like as soon as when he'd been birthed, because potentially he was birthed like in the sack they said, oh, wow, okay. and then then it broke, and then there was because yeah, when Michael saw him, there was like obviously no poo, no blood, no nothing. It was just like Luca just there, so maybe he was potentially like born in the sack, and then it like popped, and then he grabbed him, you no, know, and then all the stuff came after. Um, 
Yeah, so... That's pretty cool. And what about your placenta? Yeah, so the placenta part was something that, yeah, was more challenging than I had thought. Um, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, that whole shock element to it. And again, I'd learned like the oxytocin stuff helps to, you know, with birthing your placenta, that love hormone. And, but because it had snapped me out a little bit quickly, I think I wasn't really in that space. Um, You know, I kind of was just like here all of a sudden. And there was, um, you know, a bit of blood and stuff of naturally as there is, but I was a bit like, whoa, everything happened so fast, sort of blood. And then I hopped out of the pool and I, I felt so relaxed and like I hadn't used a lot of energy throughout labour, but you don't realise it's a massive workout. Like mm. it's huge. And so by the time, even though it was short, I guess it all happened so quick and I was like working really hard that by the time I hopped out of the pool, I was pretty depleted. Um and I really did want, like I put on my birth plan and everything that I wanted that natural third stage and my doula knew that's what I wanted too. And she was like running around, I had like blissful herbs and she was like trying to like, yeah, open your mouth, like giving me my herbs and stuff to help to release the placenta. And, um, but you know, as much as it would have been fine, this is again, I think one of those hospital policy things, you know, like I just had this amazing birth and then if the placenta wasn't coming away quick enough, it, that's a reason to transfer to hospital. So quite often, you know, women going to hospital from home versus stuff like that, whereas if maybe there are, you know, it's private midwife or something, maybe the timing I would have been able to stay a bit longer. But Julie had offered, okay, so we can do she, – she knows what she's doing and she could tell I was, like, exhausted. And she said, oh, so, no, we can give you the, um, like, the injection and then you can birth your placenta in the night. You know, you could obviously just relax. But – and at that point I was like, yeah, you know what, well, I've just had this epic birth. Like I've achieved that. It's amazing. Just like I just want the placenta out just so I can like relax and be present with Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, that was like way more painful than birth for me. Um, and if I'd have known what I knew now, I probably like would have educated myself a little bit more on that stage, mm-hmm. been a bit more prepared and then tried to maybe wait a little bit longer because that's that you know when you're induced that synthetic like that they put the hormone in you to make you contract and you don't have all those like hormones flowing through your system as well that are helping to reduce the pain so when I was out of that like primitive sort of headspace of birth of labor into more like back in my body and then I got that injection they really hurt those contractions um and so for a little moment it did take away from the experience but it was a completely informed decision like I was like yeah that's cool like it was my choice I was asked I said yes you know that I was fine with it and the birth was so like untouched and everything anyway so yeah I don't regret it or anything oh well yeah I don't regret it I just for next time I probably would just I see how it goes but maybe yeah have that little bit more time to just try and birth it but Yeah. Speaking of second time around, is there anything you would do differently when you go back for baby number two besides the Um, placenta injection? Well, I really don't think that there is. Like I, I really, yeah, I worked, people sometimes say to you like, oh, you're lucky or you were so brave or, you know, it must be in your genetics or whatever. I'm like, no, I actually worked really hard. Like I did a lot of inner work and it was painful at times and, you know, I, like I did a lot to prepare for that birth, particularly in this modern age where like if I were to go into hospital, you can't 
Yeah, I need to need to be a bit educated. So it's it's not just like ignorance is bliss and birth don't go together. In in my my opinion, if you want a particular outcome, mm. so yeah, I worked really hard. So I feel like I covered like all base. Like I yeah, I think that I covered everything. Yeah, yeah which is really cool to just come out the other side and be like. That was awesome and I'm so glad like it just yeah yeah I completely agree with you so what advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there um I think you know when you oh for me personally this this line and it really saddens me now that I've had the experience that I've had but you hear all the time people say oh, don't worry about your birth. Like it's just one day of your life and like it's going to be extremely painful but you block it from your memory and as long as your baby's like healthy, that's all that matters, you know. And so many people say, and that's what I've grown up having that that belief prior to what I'm learning about birth and whatnot. And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. And so if you are the, you know, if you're someone who, who wants to enjoy birth, you can and just to be curious to question you know when when people come at you with a negative story so actually question that and delve a bit deeper and you might come to understand it's actually something systematic that's like made that happen or you know it might be a a generational thing where one person was said you know their great grandma's hips were too small so everyone's hips are too small and now they need c-sections you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it's just be brave enough to be curious and you know, educate yourself because in this day and age we live in such a um, medicalised, we're so far from natural in a lot of lots of areas, not just birth. And, you know, unfortunately I feel like so many women are robbed of what can be one of the best days of their life and so it should be. You've just grown in life, like, to birth them and hold them for the first time. Like it should be really memorable, not, like, block it from your memory. So, yeah, just just educate yourself and and trust trust in your body and um and releasing the fears. That's huge. Undoing everything that we've learned, yeah. really. Amazing advice. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on today and sharing your beautiful journey and all your incredible knowledge with us. Well, thank you, Sky. Thanks for having me. Like I said, your podcast was honestly it was one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. helped me achieve the birth. So I'm, yeah, super great to share my story to other women. That brings us to the end of today's show. Alex really put in the work in the lead up to her birth, which I think we can all agree. Education is an extremely powerful tool, especially when choosing a physiological birth. And Alex's journey is a true testament to that. Of course, your body already knows what to do, but your mind, your environment, and even your team have the potential to interrupt that hormonal flow. There is a lot of unlearning that needs to happen first in order to reconnect with your innate ability and to fully understand what is needed to support the hormonal flow of birth. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram, and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.